Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than Jessica Doppel, a longtime domain investor and geo-domain developer of informational and advertorial tourism websites, such as PigeonForge.com, Durango.com, and TheVirginIslands.com. Today, Jessica and I discuss how she stumbled upon domain investing, how domain investing led to geo-domain development, the keys to profitable geo-domain development, why and how personal relationships offline drives online success, and last but not least, how geo-domain development has forever changed her life. So with that, Jessica, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today. Well, thank you, Alvin, for having me. I'm excited to be on with you today. Well, great. Well, just a quick backstory here. So Jessica, um, we, my wife and I actually met Jessica and her brother while attending Rick's, uh, Rick Schwartz's first annual domain investor meetup held in Asheville, North Carolina. So much like we did there in Asheville, uh, Jessica, to kick things off, um, share with the listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your professional and personal background. Absolutely. So um, I am, I was born and raised in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, my, my background is, you know, I graduated with a marketing degree from the University of Tennessee here in Knoxville, but um, I have a very entrepreneurial driven family. My dad owned um, a lot of restaurants. He was a professional chef in his prime and owned restaurants and hotels. And my grandparents owned attractions in, um, actually Michigan, but also in Gatlinburg. And so we, we kind of come from a family of entrepreneur entrepreneurs. And, um, so growing up in, um, Sevier County, that is where Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge and Sevierville are located. Um, you just learn, you work. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but you work and, um, you kind of figure <laughs> out your path. Right. And, um, so that is like my upbringing. And it, I started pigeonforge.com when I was a senior in college at the university of Tennessee. Okay. Um, volunteers. Oh, that's right. Don't talk about the football season, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so it was kind of an interesting, um, an interesting situation in that I always thought because I had worked in restaurants and, um, that, that aspect of hospitality, I envisioned myself continuing in my dad's path of doing restaurants, not necessarily cooking, but managing and owning restaurants. I do love food. I love, I love that hospitality aspect, but my dad said something to me one day and it was pretty poignant and it always will stick out to me. He just said, you know what? He said, I really don't want that life for you. He said, I know that you're going to want to get married and you're going to want to have kids and owning a restaurant is hard, especially when you have a family. And when he said that I did, it, it did give me a glimpse back into his life as I was growing up with my brother was he was, he worked hard. My dad, he still works hard, but he worked really, really hard and he wouldn't come home until two and three in the morning. Oh, wow. He'd turn around and get back up at six in the morning because you know, the deliveries were coming into the restaurant staff was coming into prep and, um, right. it stuck with me and I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is great, you know, to, to work in restaurants, to make money as a, in college, um, you know, being a cocktail waitress, waiting tables. Um, but this isn't a life that is conducive to what I want for a family and for myself. Ah, uh, 
Uh, so then how did you get introduced, I guess, into like domain investing and development? Well, in college, it's kind of funny. So I, in college, I took an internship with a company called IPix or Internet Pictures Corporation. They are now no longer, but they were out of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And at the time, um, I took an internship in marketing, and then it kind of transferred into a PR internship um, during their IPO, during the dot-com explosion, which was amazing. I got to spend a summer out in San Jose, California during their IPO doing PR underneath their PR director. Like who gets that opportunity, right? So I kind of got bit by the tech bug, but I knew that I didn't really want to work for someone else. I wasn't a good match for following corporate rules. Not that I got in trouble, (laughs) not that I got in trouble, but I just felt like it limited my creativity. And, um, you know how everything it's like, it's like, it's trying to like turn a cruise ship really fast. It just doesn't happen like that. And I, um, I joke that my business is more like that, that little speedboat, like we're fast and quick and we can make these quick adjustments as necessary. Um, But so my dad at the time, when I was a senior, he owned some cabins and a hotel in Pigeon Forge, and he was advertising on the original pigeonforge.com. It was the original, the original registrar, the original registrar and had it. He had developed a site. And at the time it was a very nice site. I mean, it was all in frames. It had MIDI file music. I mean, mean, it was pretty jazzy. Um, (laughs) And my dad was advertising there and he said, you know, I think this guy wants to move to Florida and I bet he would sell this website. And I said, dad, I don't want to do that. I said, I just really want to move away from Sevier County. I, you know, I grew up there. I just, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I I kind of had a, I don't say attitude about it, but it was just, wasn't like what I envisioned myself doing, but I don't know why. Like it just probably because my dad said it, like anybody else would have been, (laughs) it would have been fine. But, um, I said, I said, I'll tell you, I'll think about it. And so I got online and I started looking at some players in the market and like a myrtlebeach.com. Orlando.com, other tourist high volume tourist destinations. That's what I was looking at. And I was like, Oh wait, this kind of could be fun. And my dad said, he goes, listen, I know this guy has like 25 clients right now, 25 cabin companies on his site. He said, and I know as a cabin owner, all of our trap, all of our volume coming on online sales. And keep in mind, this is in 2000. So booking a cabin or a hotel online was, was kind of ahead of the time. You know what I mean? Like you book everything online now, but this was still day and age where people were calling to make reservations. Right. Online reservations weren't, weren't a thing, but people were just going online, getting that data, looking at the photos. Cause before that, what did you do? You called and you said, well, can you send me a brochure, a, a paper brochure? (laughs) And so people weren't necessarily booking online, but they were getting the information about all the cabins they could see inside the cabins, but they would call them, call the phone number. And my dad was the the king of tracking, whether it was a restaurant coupon or anything, he always tracks, he believes in it and it does work. But he said, I know the, like a huge volume of our business comes from that website directly. And I said, okay. And so he said, if you buy that, I guarantee those people 
they know what we say. They know where their bread is buttered. They're going to follow you. They'll, right. they'll come on board. So I did in the year 2000, I was, a. I mean, it's like I was to graduate in May. That was a, I guess like February, I started talking with that gentleman and we struck up a deal to purchase only the domain. So I had, yeah, (laughs) only the domain. He said, you can't have the website. You can only have the domain. And and what was, what was the story behind that? I don't know what his logic was. I literally don't to this day. Like, you know, I've done a couple of transactions, you know, here, like, in the, after the fact, and you transfer everything, right? You transfer the domain, you assume all the contracts, you, all the liabilities, you assume all that when you buy a business. But this guy was like, you don't get my clients. You don't get any of the content on the site. I mean, I was like, okay, but he's willing to give you the very critical piece of that equation. The one and the only, yeah, the one (laughs) and only, which to me, that would be like, I would just, what is he going to do with the website? Right. Right. I mean, I, in retrospect, I kind of just kind of like, huh, but maybe in retrospect, it also allowed me creative freedom to go in my own direction without having his creative direction in my background, if that makes sense. Right, right. You know, it it freed me open to do what I wanted to do on a different level. And so then you purchased it and then what happened? Well, I purchased it and I was like, well, I need a website. (laughs) I I didn't know HTML. I didn't know how to build a website. Um, (laughs) I knew that I had these potential clients. So I was like, well, I'll go out there. I'm going to find somebody, first of all, to build the site. And I'm going to go talk to these people to let them know that I'm coming. I'm going to make, I'm building a site. Like I'm in the process. I'm going to go get their contracts lined up. But in the meantime, I was like, well, geez, I need a site. So I called a a developer of kind of a friend that I had made when I had been working in college at IPICS. And I said, Hey, I'm looking for somebody to design this site. Do you know anybody that would be interested? Like just send me some names because I need to figure this out. And he came back and he said, I can send you some names, but I would like to do it. And I said, Oh, really? Okay, great. Because I mean, it's not just a site, you know, there's a technical aspect of it. Like, where are you hosting it? Is is a server? This is, you know, before they had all these great servers where you could just go on Amazon or Google or whatever. I mean, this is like, wait, we need like a physical server. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he did. And so they, we sat down, we decided what I wanted that site to look like in a rough fashion. He took off with it. I went out and sold and he was doing this. He had a full-time job and a family. And so he was doing this like, in he like moonlighting. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so in the meantime, I'm like, well, I need to learn HTML. So I'm learning HTML. I'm learning how to use Dreamweaver. And wow, I Dreamweaver. Would, yeah, <laughs> Dreamweaver. Oh, love it. It has like a soft place, soft place in my heart. But uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, and it would be funny because he would say, I can teach you how to do that. Can you come over after I put the kids to bed at 9 30? And I was like, yeah is your wife cool with that? And she, and like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, totally. Kim's totally cool. So I was like, well, okay. So it was just this weird, you know, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I was just this 22 year old girl trying to, yeah, I'm fresh out of college, 21, 22. I'm trying to make some money and make something here. 
Um, and so that's kind of like how we just got started. And so then, um, so let me ask you this. So then the t- from the time that you purchased it till the time he built the site and, and you launched it, what was that time frame? Was it like three to six months or it was like three to six months? Okay. Yeah. And so during that time though, you're out, I guess, hustling in terms of, of getting all the, uh, making the inroads in with the relationships of, of what it is that you will be able to offer, um, kind of sight unseen, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I'm also went into with this idea of, well, let me get some feedback from the people that have been on the site. Right. Right. I'm like, well, I mean, huh. they know, so let's get a little feedback of maybe they want something a little different or maybe they're happy or, right. you know, and, um, one of the things that stuck out with me, and I think we're going to talk to a little bit later in the conversation, but you alluded to in the introduction was that I had this one client from the beginning who was like, I just don't, I just, I like online stuff, but people just come and they sell me something and I never hear from them or see them again. <laughs> there was this big disconnect between online service, like customer service and like what people are traditionally used to. Wow. Yeah. And so then, so you're out there. So that, that actually plays into it then in terms of you building that brand, because you're making these personal connections long before the site ever shows up, the site shows up. And then what happens? We I mean, just start building. I mean, we start building and adding these clients in and, um, they were all, um, cabin companies at the time. Okay. I think maybe had a handful of hotels, like real small kind of mom and pops. Right. But they were all really cabin companies. So then from the time you launched and you have the customers, then how long did it take to get to profitability? I mean, we were profitable within about six months. Really? Yeah. Um, Profitable very quickly. Thankfully, because again, here I am a college student. I've been told by professors and, you know, from university that they're like, this isn't going to work. Why are you doing this? And, you know, 2000, 2001, we're seeing a decline of dot-coms. So they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I know this will work. (laughs) I mean, I'm not (laughs) trying to take this company public. Right. Yeah. You're just, you're after pretty much a lifestyle business. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to pay like my rent and, right. um, you know, I like to shop. So <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So, so then it's, it's providing enough to, to basically offer, uh, a rather reasonable livelihood for you then, um, as a col- as a single college student. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so then we fast forward today. So obviously all that occurred early 2000. So we look 19 years later so like as of today like how big a company is pigeonforge.com like in terms of employees revenue customers so you know our employees are we have one two three we have three full-time in-house employees and then myself and then um i have one fellow i kind of like um outsource some stuff to a couple writers so we do you know i i pay a couple writers that don't live in town to write some things um but i run a real streamlined ship and um year over year over year we have been profitable in a way that surprises me, you know, we went through a recession and we were still doing better than the previous year. 
it's remarkable. And it's even 19 years later, this is my best year yet. Gotcha. Now, now would you say that it's a multi-million dollar business or is it less than that? I guess, I guess if you, if we were to put numbers to it, are you going to say, Hey, it's greater than 5 million or less than 5 million? From a valuation standpoint, if we look at value of domain, which, you know, we, from a domaining standpoint, you know, you're going to sell this business and we look at a valuation of a domain. Correct. Um, we look at like revenue source and all of that combined were over 5 million. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. And so to start where you, uh, where you started from, which is essentially just from that given domain itself, having to rebuild the brand and then to build it into, like you said, the valuation of 5 million or so, um, at least I go, that's not bad. Uh, no, it's not bad and at all. And, um, it's fantastic. I, in my wildest dreams, I never would have thought like, Oh, this is what I would be doing, but I do love it. I go to work every day excited that, okay, well, what are we going to do today? What are we going to create today? Who am I going to get to talk to today? And, um, I love it. Right now it's pigeonforge.com. The only domain that you own. So no, I actually own Durango.com. Um, Durango is in Durango, Colorado. It's Southwest Colorado in the San Juan mountains. It's a smaller tourist destination, um, but still heavily tour, um, visitors come to come in to town and they, there's a lot of outdoor stuff like, um, zip lining, rafting, biking. There is a train there called the Durango and Silverton narrow gauge railroad that goes back and forth between Durango and into Silverton. And it's, it's a train that used to be, that used to pull um, silver out of the mountains and bring it back in for processing. And so hmm. it's just a really cool town. Like it's incredible restaurants. Like you'd think, why does this little weird town have all these amazing restaurants? And they just do. It's wild, but so how did you, I guess, how did you get involved in terms of what, like, what made you choose Durango? I mean, out of all the cities in the U.S. <laughs> well, Durango was a wild one. So there used to be, it's no longer, but there used to be a group called Associated Cities. And we would, um, kind of all the city owners, purecity.coms would meet up. And I was at one of those meetings and I was actually speaking and, um, a fellow in the audience I had never met him before, but he started asking me about our business and some things we were doing, um, for like revenue generating pieces of our puzzle. And, um, I just looked at him. I was like, well, what do you own? And so he starts listing off a couple of domains and they were one of which was Durango.com. And I jokingly said to him, let me know if you're ever interested in selling any of those. And, um, he came back to me later and he's like, I actually am. I don't like this. And I said, Oh, okay. Cause he, and it's funny because he's a real, he's more of a, he's like a super genius tech. Right. But he just didn't like the selling customer service component of what we do. Uh, yeah. He didn't like that personal touch point, which is quite critical to the business. He didn't, he didn't like it all. He goes, these customers annoy me. And I was like, you mean the people that pay you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that's a problem. <laughs> so that's how actually I ended up with Durango. And that was in 2000. And I think that was 2006. Is that right? I think that was 2006 or 2007. 
Um, I also have the virgin islands.com. It is not a pure city. It is actually the virgin islands.com. And we run a little bit of a different platform on that one. And it's kind of, it's not a real gen- revenue generator, but it is fun to play around with. Gotcha. Gotcha. Every, and so like get- every city has kind of its own, like, feel about how they do commerce it's kind of it's pretty entertaining right and that's what i was gonna ask like how you know you can't necessarily i guess it's it's more of you can't copy and paste from a pigeon forge um into another city although albeit there'll be some similarities some commonalities but it seems like each city has its own difference in of what uh, likely visitors are looking for as well as uh, you know, just what you can do from a business model. So, I mean, how does that impact you? Do you see yourself, you know, growing beyond these three or is it that, Hey, these three are pretty time in, in, intensive in terms of, you know, focus and, and just having the ability to grow the profitability of them. Given the opportunity to pick up another city.com, I absolutely would. Um, I'm not ever ruling that out cause I do enjoy it. Um, it, you know, it has to fall in certain parameters for me, like the profitability component, um, the city itself, the city dynamic. Um, for example, what I mean there is I don't care for a city that doesn't have tourism. I want it to be somewhere where people want to go and just Uh, want to be, I don't want just a generic city because then what am I going to put on that site? The news? (laughs) uh, And I don't want to do local businesses. I really, I love, I just love that tourism piece. And I think that that is because it's your visitors are coming with families or their loved ones or whomever, but they're creating memories. And there's something very special about that. Totally. Totally. Um, and, and it's probably that, you know, with going after tourism, obviously there is a, an amount uh, or a certain amount of disposable income that's yeah. necessary to be able to do that. So that puts you in a whole different bracket of one being able to serve, I guess you'd say the end user, if you will, those who, who are vacationing, those who are sightseeing or, you know, coming to be a tourist and, and really being the platform that connects the two sides together, the businesses and uh, the consumers. Absolutely. Interesting. So then like, you know, what, what is like the greatest challenge of operating, you know, a geo domain website such as Pigeon Forge? Well, I think the greatest challenge, but it's a challenge of love is content creation. Um, hmm. you know, many people think you can just buy a domain, slap something up there and you're going to like, all of a sudden money is going to start appearing in your checking account. <laughs> it does not work that way. Like. It's this, you've got to give your users or potential users a compelling reason to visit your site. Like, why do they want to come here and get their information? What information are they looking for? And so we, um, we come at that from many different angles and we do a lot of research in that. And, um, that's where I think it gets tricky is you're, you're always having to come up with something new and innovative, but that people really want to, to, to read. Right. Right. Or see like from a video standpoint. Right. And I was about to ask now, I know you were talking about, you know, producing written content, but then 
I also wonder whether or not, you know, your businesses have been impacted by, uh, you know, just the, the growth of video content. Um, you know, it's funny. We don't do a lot of video at all. Um, if we do, it appears over on, um, like social media, short Uh clips, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Um, so it really has not impacted our business. I think I like to do video. It's, it's fun. It's different. It's, it's, it's neat. And we probably should do more of it, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it hasn't impacted our business. Gotcha. So then in terms of, I know that, you know, we, we had mentioned in terms of, uh, you have the, the content piece, but then there's also that personal touch piece. So it's really that what really drives the success. Number one is that personal touch with the businesses, but then also, you know, providing content that the customers want, like, is there anything else outside of those two things that are critical, uh, you know, to success for those that are listening that are thinking, Hey, I may want to go try this for, you know, another region. Um, you know, I, it really is that, I mean, that, that piece of that, I would say is that personal touch point, like Mm -hmm. with your client and understanding what their end goals are, what their passions are with, within their business. Um, and just kind of helping them and seeing them succeed is like really is very important to me. I just, I love it. A client is like, Oh, that, you know, we're getting so much traffic from you or that was such a great blog. Or even, even when they share a blog or a piece of our content is a compliment to me. It, it means we've done something right. Right. Now, how do you, I, 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 and you mentioned, you know, just sharing of content. Now, how have you had to have you, or have you had to adjust, you know, with the, because obviously you were before social media platforms ever came into play. Have you had to adjust, um, you know, to account for those or have they not really impacted, you know, what you do? So yes and no. Um, social media has been, helpful. And I don't want to say hurtful, but it is also another challenging component you have to add into the equation. Uh, you know, when we started, it was our, um, our, our website. And then, you know, we added in a week, a newsletter once a month, one, an hour, you know, once a week we do this newsletter and I'm still shocked at the open rate on our newsletter. Um, people are just loyal subscribers and that's something that we've done for such a long time, yet it's still, um, it's still very profitable for us. It's still very applicable in our market. Um, but then the social media piece of it, social media is tricky. I have found, uh, across the board for anything, just in that there is so much content out there. It is overwhelming for a user. Hmm. And so you kind of have to think, well, how am I going to reach it, reach that user? There's also this component that is tricky that we have no control over, which is what, you know, Facebook and Instagram allow a user to see. We have no control over that. Right. right. Um, you know, obviously if you have put something out there and it starts getting traction organically, then Facebook algorithm picks up on it and then they start pushing it out to more people. So your reach broadens the more engagement you have. Um, but it's hard to get to that tipping point. And, um, 
that's not something that we as consumers have a lot of control or I guess producers on social media have a lot of control over. So it's trying to figure out, well, okay, well, what is it that is going to tip? Gotcha. And weird things will, will do it. And that's where it's kind of like, it's, there's no pattern to it. And we can get timing of posts and all of it. And, (laughs) um, there's no, there's no secret formula. It's like, there's no rhyme or reason yet in the same breath. It's really, I kind of look at it and I go, I imagine, I don't know that this is necessarily true, but you know, just thinking about what you said, it's like, I imagine that because of the personal touch, uh, points that you have both with business and likely in in customers um, who are using the site to plan their vacation because of that personal connection there you're likely getting a good bit of business through word of mouth in addition through social media but not i guess you'd say not necessarily that you're doing paid advertisement but it's more so uh you know you have a fan page and somebody um visited pigeon forge and then they're they're telling their family and friends about it likewise with businesses um who have advertised there and then uh, you know they may they may refer others Absolutely. And, you know, our businesses, I think, you know, one of the main reasons that they see us is they start typing things into search and they're like, oh, pigeonforge.com is number one for that search term. Pigeonforge is number one for that. You know, we, we rank very high organically and, um, you know, from a business standpoint, business to business, that's excellent for us. And they, they do see us online and, um, they also have seen 19 years of consistent work out of me. They haven't seen five or eight people. It's me. And (laughs) that is what I think is, I mean, they've seen me grow up. Right. They've seen me, you know, have kids. And yeah, I was about to say, cause they, yeah. they you go from being single to married from married to mom. So, yeah. so you're kind of living life with them, but I think that's a big part of it too, is just consistency and, consistency in the brand but also my consistency as a business owner wow wow that is awesome so then in terms of uh you know because i know that we probably have domain investors that are listening that are like well that's cool that's great you know she has a profitable company that she developed on a pigeonforge.com but then in terms of even outside of the other domains like durango.com the virgin islands.com do you own other domains or do you see yourself as a domain investor So I use, yes, I would say yes. Um, but I am a little bit different in that I, I pick up domains now that are only related to the businesses that, um, I have, I, you know, it used to be, well, maybe we should pick up all these other domains like one, two, three candy, or, you know, I love, well, Uh you know, I don't do that. Um, I am very focused in my purchasing. Um, so for example, we have underneath the pigeonforge.com umbrella, we have pigeonforgewinterfest.com. Winterfest is like a big, um, event in our County from November to February with Christmas lights and Santa Clauses and all this whole thing. Um, yeah. And so we have pigeonforgerealestate.com. We have pigeonforge carshows.com now are those developed or are those they are developed remakes? no oh, really? developed and um we can sell ads on them we do um but it's another driver 
of traffic to the main site. That's my end game. Ah, got it. Got it. So then you use those, I guess you say secondary website then to drive traffic to the primary website. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so like, I just, I feel like if you start buying a bunch of domains as a domainer, you can have a lot of domains, but if you're not doing anything with them, you're just paying the registration fees. And what are we doing? Like <laughs> right, it, right. You, you start spreading yourself too thin. And then where are you going to focus your attention and your, your finance, your finances on these? Are you going to, how are you going to fund these projects? Are you going to fund them? So I prefer to be more focused. My other intention is, is in buying these like domain buying domains that are related to the businesses specifically is that when, or if I do sell pigeonforge.com, it's not just one domain, but it's a portfolio of websites. Ah, that's yeah. nice. I, yeah. I didn't even think about that from that standpoint. That, so now we're looking at a higher valuation because exactly there's more to it. Wow. Wow. So then in, in all, like how many domains are you talking about that you've either developed under that umbrella or you just own and redirect? So we probably have like 60 now. I mean, it used to be, I had a lot more and it was kind of random stuff, but I've just sloughed them off and really have just focused on, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's where we're, here's where we see success. So that's where we're going after. Now, have you taken the uh, same approach with Durango.com or? I have. So with Durango, there's some other like smaller sites underneath, not as many, but there are more domains that are just redirected into the site. Uh, hey, now, interesting question, because it, and it's a thought that just goes through my mind, obviously, because of the Dodge Durango. So it made me think about like, have you ever received inquiries just because you own Durango.com? Um, even though it's for a city, you know, I, I, obviously, there is a a product that's out on the market, uh, pretty big tick. Yeah. So that's funny. Um, um, have you received inquiries? You know, there are, this, and well, actually, you know, in that is I thought about that. So I was like, it seems like Dodge Durango would want this domain, but this domain has always been used for Durango, Colorado period. There's also a Durango, Mexico. Ah, uh-huh. Which is hilarious into my opinion because if you go to instagram and you search durango 80 percent of the photos that you see are from durango mexico i don't know what they're doing <laughs> down here but all their photos are sexy women fast loud cars and handguns and uh, please just go to instagram hashtag fast and furious moment <laughs> fast furious and hot i mean and, oh and lots of dancing lots of dancing and i'm like what are they doing in durango mexico maybe i'm in the wrong city here um but the other odd oddity we get um especially around christmas time this is where the, the search volume will go up our on-site search we get a lot of SKUs for Durango boots. You know, the cowboy boots? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I, I, we, we use a, a plugin um, on site that tracks all of our search. And so like we can see what visitors are searching for it. And so I kept seeing these weird numbers and, but then it, the number would be followed by the word boot or boots. And I was like, what in the world? And so I typed it into like Google just to see, and it would be boots. And so people are, I don't understand this at all, but they come to Durango.com go to our search bar and type in a SKU boot 
And then I guess they're expecting boots to populate. <laughs> and especially around Christmas time is when I see this high volume and I just laugh about it. But my, we've always, we've never done cars. We've never done boots. Um, we've always just done travel tourism. Huh. Now you hit an interesting point though, because you mentioned about there being Durango, Mexico. Now, have you ever thought about going abroad and actually investing time and effort, you know, into developing uh, maybe a region, area, um, or a city? Um, I've thought about it, considered it. A couple offers have come across. Um, I am cautious in that because I don't know those markets as well. Like me, like in the United States, I can pretty much figure it out. But when you start doing your like international travel, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that seems that would be a lot more challenging and a, a greater learning curve. And so I've never done it. Gotcha. But if someone were listening who, I guess, kind of had the same path that you had in terms of growing up in that area, would, you know, do you think it's beneficial? Obviously, you know, we there are so many different factors to to consider in all of this, but all things being equal, if they had kind of the same background or the same journey as you had in terms of Pigeon Forge, then I guess it's likely conducive that they could do that same thing for the area that they know about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're, they are an expert on that area. Right. Just as I'm an expert on my areas. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, so it's interesting. I mean, do you find yourself using other geo sites? Obviously, you know, the ins and outs of what it means to operate one, but then to plan your own, do you find yourself, you know, typing in city names or places that, you know, that you and your family want to visit? Well, um, yes, I do. Totally. Um, but this past, this is kind of a funny little story. And we, um, we usually, you know, like every family go to the beach in the summertime. And I was like, I do not want to go to the beach again. I'm just over it. I want to do something a little bit different, a little more adventurous. And so I had always wanted to go to, um, Sedona, Arizona, Page, Arizona, Green Canyon. And so mm-hmm. I took a completely different approach on planning a trip. And I, I told my family, I said, this is a trip that Instagram built y'all. And they were like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I have gone in Instagram and I look up, I search hashtags, like the true use of what a hashtag is not this like hashtag. I'm the coolest mom ever, but I'm really tired today. I need some coffee. Like that's not a hashtag. (laughs) It's not a hashtag. So that's also a pet peeve of mine, but like I searched Antelope Canyon and it's these, it's these amazing. If you've never been, you got to go check it out, but it's in page Arizona. But I kept searching hashtags of these larger cities. And then I would flip through the photos and I'd be like, man, what is that? That is so cool. And so I opened the photo and I look at that. I look to see like where it's geotagged and what those hashtags were. And I'd write them down. And then I would go online and research those specific spots. And I mean, you know, these Instagrammers, they like, they, they, they take these photos and you're like, where in the world are they? Wait, what horse are they on? (laughs) So I put together an entire trip on things I found that were cool on Instagram for my family. I mean, we were paddle paddle boarding on Lake Powell. Um, 
it, it was, it was wild. I was in a helicopter over the grand Canyon and it was all because I, I saw these like recurring trends on Instagram. And so it was the trip that Instagram built this past summer. It was fantastic. Now, that, now what's interesting. So two things, one, awesome in terms of you getting that idea and using Instagram to plan a family vacation. But then two, just from any domain investors or developers, especially out there, literally Jessica just gave you a tool to go use Instagram. Yeah. And if you know about a given area, definitely type in hashtags uh, that are similar to that area or in relation to that area. And you can likely, I guess, even likely figure out uh, what to write about, what to highlight um, if you were to develop a site. And also it takes us back to your question about social media is, well, you know, is it a hurt or a hin is it a, is it a hindrance or a help? Right. Well, for me as a producer of content, it is imperative that I use those hashtags in my posts of things I want people to see because people are looking at them. It gotcha. proves the point people are looking at them. Right. Right. Interesting. So yeah. then kind of wrapping up here. So if you had to do everything all over again, would you do anything different? And if so, what? You know, honestly, I don't have any regrets to be quite frank. I really don't. I really <laughs> like the way um, we've, I've gone on this journey. I'm proud of the way that we try ideas in my office. I'm a big proponent of trying things and su succeeding or failing. We're working on a project right now that I'm like, is this going to work or not? I'm willing to <laughs> see. Um, I'm very proud of that ability. I'm, I'm proud of the ability to, um, to connect with my, my customers one-on-one -on -one right. and, and form those friendships. And I think that's big. So I, but from a, from a, from a, would I do something differently? I really, I don't know that I would. I mean, maybe there's a couple of domains I probably should have taken a second look at a uh, city.coms, but even in saying that, I don't know what they are. <laughs> I mean, I get offered domains a lot. And so, um, I, I don't know. I just, and you always, I mean, you seem like the type of person that if, uh, when you're going to, you know, set your mind to achieve a goal, it's always, you're always kind of thinking about, um, it's not just a single directive. It's, well, if this fails, there's always kind of a backup plan. It, there is, I, I do. I operate from that standpoint in a, in a lot of aspects of my life is, um, you know, we had talked about that a little bit, but even when I started and I bought pigeonforge.com in 2000, it was very expensive. You know, I cashed out all my savings and stocks and my dad helped me and I ended up paying him back. And, um, are we talking like five figures, six figures or, you know, I bought that domain for a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. I'll tell you that. And I will say it, at that time, it might have as well as been a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, it might have. Yeah. What, what 21 year old is right. a showing up to the table with that cash, but also what, what are you doing? Um, you know, <laughs> people were just like, you're nuts. And I, I mean, I, I don't think I've told very many people that number Alvin. I mean, just because people really were like, you're crazy. <laughs> especially um, back then and knowing the crash and everything. Yes. I mean, we're in the heart of this crash and, 
And I've got a professor saying, why would you do that? You need, you're going to, he said, why would you do that? You are going to fail. Dot coms are in the toilet. You need to take a job with PepsiCo or PNG. Wow. And I was like, thanks, but I really see something here. <laughs> um, and who got the last laugh? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing. Um, I think it's funny now, but that's All the way to of, the bank. Yeah. And, but you know what? It taught me that it taught me this. It taught me that don't discourage other people's ideas. Ah, uh, don't discourage other people's good. ideas that you got to be open, open-minded about them because there's a reason. And I, um, you know, I'm trying to think what our original, whether what started this conversation, this, That's this it. part of this question, but, um, yeah, no, it's so, it's so I think we were just talking about in terms of, would you do it all over again? And it's, and it's really going, Hey, at worst case, even if it didn't work out that you developed the site, that, you still had the right, domain yeah. that you can likely flip later down the line. Exactly. So I came out of like, well, if I, if I spend this money and I mess up, like I really hate it, or I don't know what I'm doing, or I just, I find, you know, this is just not for me. I can always sell this domain to a hotel group or a big cabin group because at the end of it, any domain is an asset. What is that asset worth to somebody else? So, I mean, you do your due diligence, of course, absolutely. But I always step back and say, well, what is the worst case scenario here? I mean, I've done that buying houses, you know, what's the worst (laughs) case scenario? Well, we're going to have to sell the house and, or, I think you kind of sometimes have to look at like, what's the bottom, what's your bottom. And my bottom there was, well, I hate it and I am going to sell it. So who are you going to sell it to? My dad said, you will not have a problem selling that domain. I could almost guarantee it. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. So then in terms of, uh, of, you know, what's next, what's the overall exit plan or is there an exit plan for pigeonforge.com? I know you said you have daughters, so it's like, Hey, are you raising up the next generation to take over? Or is it that you're going to sell, you know, what, what's next for pigeon forge? Um, I don't know. I, um, I, again, I love what I do. Um, if somebody came along and said, Hey, I've got this domain. Um, would you be interested in buying it? I would absolutely consider it given the right within the right parameters. Um, if somebody had a domain similar to mine, um, or even other domains, I I mean, business development and business consultation, consultation in general is, is fun and exciting for me from a marketing and PR perspective. I enjoy, I enjoy that. Um, even if it were outside of travel tourism, um, I, I would welcome that if take on a consulting job, if somebody just said, Hey, can you come and help me get this off the ground? Absolutely. And you know, I've, I don't know. There's a fellow who owns brevard.com and you might've met him in Asheville and just as yeah, he's a friend of mine. And so Peter ask you, um, he's just a friend of mine. We've talked because he also did, uh, what was it? Uh, dude ranch, right? I think yep, duderanch.com right. and then yes. um, Vidalia Onions. Yes, <laughs> which is an amazing story. Go search that story, VidaliaOnions.com. It's a great, I mean, just a great business. And, um, but, you know, he said, hey, he just, out of nowhere, that's actually kind of how I touched, reconnected with him. He said, can you give me some pointers? And I was like, absolutely. Because his success on a Brevard standpoint 
like even on Brevard scale, Brevard is North Carolina. It's a small mm-hmm. community with cabins, beautiful uh, Western North Carolina, stunning area if you've never been. But even on a smaller scale, it's not a 12 million, 12 million you know, physical visitors to Pigeon Forge and the Great Smoky Mountains type of destination, right. but it's still a destination that people love. His success is my success. Wow. And That's I think- awesome. It is. It, 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 I just believe that. I believe that for all domains, whatever size in, in this market of these purecitygeo.coms, their success is my success. And um, I think I have um, in our group, I, we have a lot of friends um, that I have a lot of friends that own some other city.coms, um, albany.com, saratoga.com, scottsdale.com. You know, you meet people across the, the, um, the years and we are always willing to share ideas and numbers and what works and what doesn't work and to be very open and honest and transparent about it because they aren't my competition. They're my friends and their successes are my successes and my successes are their successes. And that's one really cool thing about this group of geos is that you can do that. Wow. So then obviously there are going to be domain investors or more specifically uh, domain developers who are likely going to want uh, to likely contact you. I mean, if they want to contact you, how do they go about doing that? So the best way is to email me at jessica at pigeonforge.com. But with that, I'm going to give you one caveat is that I'm going to be really open and honest with them. And if they got a crappy idea, I'm not going to be super like, oh, that's really awesome. I'm probably going to be pretty like, yeah, here's the reality of this. That's a crappy portfolio. Let's move on. Like, what else do you have in here? <laughs> Says, take off the kid gloves. You're about to get yeah, the truth. I've got to cut to the chase. I don't I don't really want to mince words here. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, and, and that's good. Because I go, I think oftentimes, uh, div- even investors and developers can be you know kind of dazed by their own smoke and mirrors uh, of thinking you know oh my goodness i have this multi-million dollar uh development idea or portfolio when in reality i mean you you might get a nice hotel stay out of it exactly and that exactly and a lot of times people are just um emotionally attached to domains or it's a good idea, but it's not a, a killer idea, or it's an idea that is a killer idea, but they want to put zero work into it. I don't just go to work and, you know, count checks. Like I'm story, <laughs> you know, you have to work. Like I work, I work hard. I work early. I work late. I do love what I do. Um, but you can't just get a domain and be like, and show me the money. It doesn't work that way. So what would be your nugget of truth to someone wanting to start a website about a passion, interest, or informational slash advertorial tourism site? Gosh, you know, that's a, that's a hard one. I could probably go on um, for days, but (laughs) I think we're going to go back to um, one of the things that I think is a key component is that I focus on is still having a personal touch point. We've talked about this right. and, um, especially in travel tourism, hospitality is a big component of success, whether it is when you are face to face with a visitor in your area, sharing your passion about the area. Why, you know, why, why do you come to the Smoky mountains and pigeon forge every single year? Right. But it's also that it's also that having that, that sort of, um, personal connection to your, 
to your to your clients and right. you know when we get new clients even now we write them thank you notes i think that's really important i call people i talk to them i don't send just email after email after email i i like to sit down and meet with my clients and just connect with them i think that's really important and a lot of that is lost in online um commerce and wow. I, I, I just think it's important. And, you know, I think a lot of my clients are surprised when they call my office and I'll answer the phone and I talk to them. I think they are like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's a person. Yeah. When you email me, you're emailing me. And, um, even you're our getting gatekeepers and yeah, no. And even, um, even our guests is pretty funny. We somehow our office number is out in the land of, of the internet. And so we have actual guests from all over. We'll call and ask things, crazy things like what's the weather in Pigeon Forge, but that's neither here nor there, but you know, but they ask questions about, you know, where's this hotel or when is this event or where can I find this? And, you know, I'll answer the questions. I think it's fascinating because it helps me learn about the clients, but, or the, the visitors and just talking to them. And it inspires me because I know that they're having fun and what I'm doing is making a difference in their lives and their memories and their family's lives. I just think it's, I think you can have an online business, but there is something very important about still maintaining a actual personal connection with your businesses and your community. So the personal connection is, is timeless yet critical to this. It is. It's hospitality. Now, I'll leave yeah. you with this. Think about it this way. When you have friends over for dinner or company to your home, you are engaging in hospitality, right? Right. So you don't just leave the front door open and you're sitting on your sofa <laughs> and you're like, Hey, you answer the door and you get dressed up for the event. You answer the door, you welcome them in, you take their coats, you, what would you like to drink? And you have food out it's hospitality. So it's the same concept that has to be applied over online wow. is that you're inviting people, you're inviting people into your community, you're inviting people into your world and you need to treat them as such. So I think that's, that's the key takeaway for me today would be just that you need to focus on the hospitality. It, it is imperative both offline and online. And likely if, if you can't do that hospitality bit or you can't find someone to do that, then you likely don't need to develop. You're in the wrong business. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, last but not least, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the uh, listeners? No, other than if you have a chance, go to one of our sites, pigeonforge.com, durango.com, theVirginIslands.com. Take a look. If you um, see something that you love, you see something that you hate, if anything, you can have a good idea, just email me. You can always go to the bottom of any of our sites. There's an advertise link there, but all of those come to me. So shoot me an email or like I said, Jessica at pigeonforge.com. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts. And if you are a domainer considering become that is considering becoming a developer in the travel tourism space. And you're just not sure how to start. I also welcome any, you know, call or contact. I'm happy to, to help you. I, I'm, I'm excited about the industry. I love tourism. Nice. Well, with that, we're out of time. So Jessica, thank you again for joining us today and uh, sharing your entrepreneurial journey, developing domains into proven profitable businesses. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
Definitely. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the weekly newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now.